Welcome to St. Peter's Podcast. We're so glad you could join us. This term we are diving into a new series, looking at why we do the things we do, lifting the lid on some of our activities and practices as a church, the reasons behind them and how we can embrace them more fully. Enjoy listening and we hope to see you soon. The reading this morning is from Acts 2, starting at verse 42, and it can be found, if you have a church Bible with you, on page 1094. 1094. The Fellowship of the Believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. morning. You're far more awake than the 915 congregation, (laughs) for which I'm very grateful. So, um, as Sarah said, we're continuing in our series, um, Why Do We... dot, 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 fill in the blank. Um, I don't know about you, but I've been really blessed, actually, at taking the opportunity over the last few weeks to just kind of step back um, and ask that question, why are we doing this thing that we do? Um, Yes, there's an an element of vision, isn't there, as Libby's kind of rallied the troops a little bit and encouraged us to to, to get stuck in with these various things. Um, But also, it's quite significant, I think, to actually just step back and be like, God, what are you saying as we do this? Why are we doing these things? Ensuring that we don't just go through motions, but actually we're we're, we're really doing it committed to the Lord and, and following his lead. I think it's been quite encouraging. I don't know about you. Um, And this morning, we're asking the question, why do we do home groups? Now, you might be thinking, oh, goodness me, Ben is going to try and convince me to join a home group. That's exactly what I'm going to (laughs) do. But actually, I think there are um, some really wonderful uh, things that that, that we can learn from that passage that was just read to us. It's a a classic passage when it comes to kind of uh, thinking about these things. I, I saw a friend of mine um, who's a youth pastor in London. She was at Bible College with me. Um, and I said I was preaching on home groups, and I didn't really know, you know what passage to preach on. She said, oh, we'll just do Acts 2.42. It's a classic. Um, so here we are. Um, and there are some wonderful things in there that, that we can learn from. Um, so let's pray together, shall we? And then let's ask that question together. Why do we do home groups? Let's pray. Loving God, thank you so much um, for your word. Thank you that when we read it, we know that you speak to us. By your spirit, your word pierces the soul. 
So give us ears to hear, Lord, eyes to see you, and the faith to respond to your leading and your prompting. Draw near to us by your Holy Spirit this morning, Lord, so that we may leave this place transformed by your grace. We pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Um, so I've got a bit of a confession to make as we start. Um, at the 9.15 service, I knew I wasn't alone. Um, I don't know if I'm here, but does anyone else like to go online, or maybe even when you're walking down the street and you walk past an estate agent, and you have a little nose at the houses that you know you'll never be able to afford, but you just like to fantasise what life would be like? Does anyone else do that? Hands up, come on. Yes, Everybody. What does that say about the human heart, right? That I was confident enough there'd be enough people to say that. And, um, you know, you watch TV, you turn TV on on the daytime, and it's just full, isn't it, of escape to the country, moving house, doing up your house. Our homes matter to us, don't they? And I, I have to acknowledge how loaded with privilege that statement is. But our homes matter. They communicate some of who we are, don't they? What matters to us, what doesn't matter to us. It might be a symbol of status. They should be places that are safe. Places where our family are raised. Our homes matter to us. Some of you will remember that I preached on hospitality um, a few weeks back. And one of the challenges of hospitality um, is actually inviting people into your home. Not just sharing what you have, but to actually give what you have. Now, we might give um, money to people in need or give resources to people in need. And we certainly cheer on those who support others in need. But to actually have someone in your home, that's harder because in doing so, we invite them into our lives. And we looked at this idea that biblical hospitality is not merely entertaining, but it's a peek behind the curtain, right? It's, a, it's, it's inviting someone into your family, into your space. To invite someone into your home is to be real with them. Because our homes are our space. What then is a home group? Well, it's one of those words, isn't it, that if you go to any church around the country, um, people generally know what you mean. They might call it a different thing. Um, but generally people know what a home group is. But no one ever defines it. Um, so what is a home group? Well, today we'll work on the definition that a home group um, is a group that meets in a home in addition to Sunday worship, for the purpose of fellowship, community, sharing life, and encouraging one another in the way of Jesus. It's opening up your home, your space, your life with fellow believers. And actually, that's something that followers of Jesus have been doing ever since the start. Ever since those first Christians started to gather for worship. We see it all through the New Testament in the, in the letters of John. We read about um, the chosen woman she's called and how um, a community were meeting in her home for worship. Elsewhere, we, we see uh, Romans 16. That's a classic example. Did you know Romans went beyond chapter 8, by the way? 
uh, Paul thanks various people, doesn't he? He goes through a list. Thank you for gathering in your home, for meeting in your home. Uh, uh, Philemon uh, as well in 1 Corinthians 16. Um, And historians as early as the first century have observed these Jesus folk, as one uh, early historian, I can't remember his name, so sorry, that's very bad, isn't it? These Jesus folk um, have been meeting for worship in their homes. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that the early Christians only ever met in their homes. In Acts 5, we we read of, of them gathering at the temple, and those early Christians would have been Jewish, so they would have met in the synagogue until they were kicked out. But ever since Christians have started to meet together, right from the get-go, they've met in homes. Not just to, for entertainment, but they've shared space. They've broadened their view of family in a way that I think we've probably lost a little bit these days. And they worshipped in their households. Right from day one, there's been something significant about Christian fellowship in households. And um, the reading that, that we just had from Acts 2 describes kind of how they went about it. We read how believers were devoted, uh, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and they were devoted to fellowship, to spending time together. They broke bread together, which most people would agree was, was sharing what we call Holy Communion. They prayed together, they worshipped, they helped those in need, they saw signs and miracles, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The early followers of Jesus were devoted to one another and to God. Devoted. That's a strong word, isn't it? Wouldn't it be wonderful if the church today was as passionate and as infused as that? At some staff meeting on Tuesday, we we read from Luke 16, but we read the message translation. Um, Eugene Peterson has a real gift of, of putting things in a way that just kind of hit home. Um, Luke 16, he says, uh, he talks about the church being so expansive with energy that the gates of hell will not be able to keep it out. That's devotion, isn't it, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's the church that we see in Acts 2. Devoted to learning more about Jesus, seeing him move as they worshipped, shouting about him to those who didn't know him. And they did it all devoted to one another. They did it all together, opening their lives up to one another, opening their homes up, sharing what they had, being family together. That's wonderful, isn't it? Because see, God never intended for us to live the Christian life alone. In fact, one commentator um, talked about this passage um, being one of several dozen what he calls one another passages in the New Testament. He counts over 50 passages that talk about how the Christian community is one where people are called to love and be loved, to forgive and be forgiven, to serve and be served, to bear one another's burdens, to encourage one another, to exhort one another, to pray with and for one another. To equip one another to live life with Jesus. 
A community that should speak truth to one another, but in love. And a community that should be passionate about justice and mercy with one another. The early church was a community of people that practiced a faith that was a radical and deeply transformative way of living with one another. And that's why Libby preached a few uh, months ago, encouraging us, if we can, to gather once more in the building because God's people are meant to be together. God's church is meant to be community. Yes, for him, of course, that's a given, but also devoted to one another. And that's why we have home groups here at St. Peter's. See, we love gathering on a Sunday, don't we? Don't we? Yes. Don't let me down. I said you were more awake than the night. We love gathering on a Sunday. We sing, we hear from God's word, we pray together. All wonderful God-given things. But the Bible shows us that the Christian life is about devotion to God, but also to one another. Devotion to one another. The kind of relationship that was crucial to early Christians walking with Jesus and their witness to the gospel. And the kind of relationships which I would suggest normally are best practiced in regular small communities. Not in place of Sunday worship and and, and certainly not to be cliquey, but to share life together and to encourage one another in our faith day to day. There's a Christian theologian and writer called R. Paul, um, and he said that he'd been a, a Christian for 60 years, um, and he says, um, oh sorry, he'd been a Christian for 61 years, um, and part of a midweek home group for 60 years. And then he says, the year I wasn't part of a home group was a bad year. There's something significant about Christians gathering together for worship in households. So our hope at St. Peter's then is that that home groups wouldn't be considered um, as just another program that we offer, but rather a way of embodying this biblical idea of not just doing church on a Sunday, but being church together. A way of community living that is inspired by Jesus. And that's why you may have um, heard home groups described here and elsewhere as mini expressions of church. That's kind of one of the the, the terminologies that's thrown around. Um, I came across a a church in America, actually, that that talks about their midweek home groups as church. um, And and the Sunday morning is when the church gathers. Now, that's quite powerful language. I'm not entirely sure how that fits into the structures of the Church of England. But it's powerful. Now, of course... We don't need to be part of a home group in order to to practice this way of being church. Certainly what we're reading in Acts 2 was was not what we consider a home group. And and some of my best friends aren't in my home group, believe it or not. And no way are they excluded from sharing life with me. But a home group is a pretty good way, I think, at having a crack at what Acts shows us church can be as we open our homes, as we share in hospitality, as we are open and are honest about our challenges, as we cry together, put an arm around one another, 
And as we celebrate our joys as well in, in a way that Sunday worship, gathered Sunday worship in a church of our size, just is quite difficult. And so in fact, why don't you take a look around you at those sat beside you. Go on. And ask, how are we being church together beyond just rocking up on a Sunday? Who is encouraging us? Who are we encouraging? Who's holding us accountable? Who are we praying for? Who are we encouraging in witnessing to the gospel? So what does this look like? Well, um, we have four home group values, which we believe gives some kind of packaging um, around this idea. So we'll fly through them now. And they all start with the same letter. Um, my grandmother was married to a Baptist minister, and she would say this is a proper sermon, because there's four, four words all begin with the same letter. Um, so do have your Bible open, because we, we, we'll fly through these just in a couple minutes. Um, what do home groups at St. Peter's look like? Well, firstly... Home groups at St. Peter's are a place where all are welcome. That's our first value, welcome. The church in Acts 2 was about fellowship and community. It was a place where everyone was welcome. Verse 42, they devoted themselves to fellowship. They broke bread together, they hung out together, they lived life together. Home groups are about welcome. Secondly, home groups are about worship. It's not just a social club. It's not just somewhere where we can have a natter, but it's a community that is focused on God. Verse uh, 47. They praised God and they uh, sung his praises, enjoying the favour of all the people. They met in fellowship to worship God. Worship is the second value. Thirdly, home groups gather around God's word. Verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, which of course, praise God, much of which we now have written down in Scripture. Home groups are a place where God's people hear him speak as they read his word. So we've got welcome, worship, word. And fourthly, home groups aren't just insular, but they are about encouraging one another in our witness. Verse 47 again, as, as, as God's people gathered together in fellowship, praises, and took the gospel into the world, the Lord added to their number daily. It's about encouraging one another to witness to the gospel of Christ. So that's welcome, worship, word, and witness. And those are kind of the values that our home groups cluster around. Um, and of course, how that plays out looks different in different groups. But um, essentially, um, it's about this idea of embodying church, living life with those close to you, walking alongside one another, and trusting God to see Him do wonderful things. I think that sounds really exciting. Um, but you don't have to take my word for it, and, and you can ignore the, the, the cheesy four words if you like. Um, it's wonderful that, that, that Brian is with us today, and, and, and he's going to be sharing um, some of his story about how he has been blessed uh, being part of a home group. So you can have a break from my voice, and, and, and Brian's going to come now and, and share um, some, some testimony with us about his experience in home groups.
follow that. Um, yeah. Um, the first question was, um, how long have you been part of a home group? Well, uh, we, uh, we've, uh, with my wife, uh, Rini, we've been with the home group of um, Animal Winkworth, our next-door neighbours, uh, for about uh, five years. And um, perhaps I should explain, we've actually been a neighbours of um, Animal since 1988 when we moved in, but owing to work commitments, we found it very difficult to fit in um, attendance at the home group at start about seven o'clock. Uh, and throughout most of that period, Anne and Walter mentioned the fact that they run a home group and that we'd be very welcome. In a minute, when we retired, we were able to uh, attend and um, uh, are very pleased that we did. Um, I've always thought that we were ex officio members simply because we were next door neighbours. Uh, and there's no, no harm in that at all. I'm very glad that you did. Um, next question. Um, have you been encouraged by being part of a home group, a particular example? Well, yes. Um, I don't want to be I'm repeating a lot of what um, Ben's been saying, that um, I don't want to go overboard, but the, um, the home group is what I would describe as a beautiful environment. Um, a, small group of guy, small, a small group guided by their faith, providing social and spiritual support for each other. Very similar to what Ben was saying. Um, the Bible studies which allow time to penetrate and discuss aspects of the Bible to some depth. But uh, most, most impressive was the power of, um, of prayer um, and how the, group, the home group helped uh, my wife, Fabini, and I through a series of um, difficult medical conditions. And so we've, 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 we've experienced or, or witnessed the, um, the benefits of prayer. Um, in fact, um, most, uh, at most meetings, the group learned of uh, a member or someone closely connected um, needing support to get through a medical or other problem, and the group players, prayers would often assist in good outcomes. Um, many members of the group have suffered serious medical conditions and have been supported by the group. I've been very lucky, uh, and had, had no, I've been very lucky with my health, but um, I often wonder if I could handle a similar situation as well as they do. What has God taught you about church since being part of a home group? Well, um, that the church is very much more than a meeting place for worship, but as a catalyst for many and varied external activities, including the, the, the aspect I know, which is the home group. Um, the home group arrangements seem to be run by the church with a very light touch. Uh, each home group starts and develops in its own way, and the church allows home groups to promote the Christian faith by cementing relationships and understanding. So the next two questions I've joined together. Why do you do home groups, and what would you say to anyone not yet part of a home group? I've put those together. Um, obviously, I can only speak from my own experience. Um, but a home group offers a chance to join a group with a common factor as their Christian faith which means that they can be trusted to offer a warm welcome, um, one of the W's, um, informal and good-humoured approach to studying the Bible. Although the Bible studies and prayers are, of course, important, there's a social side which is also important. You can speak as much as, or as little as you like. And um, in fact, just, just before my first home group meeting, I was worried that um, all the members would be deeply intellectual. But as soon as I started, I realised that um, I, I needn't have worried. <laughs> Thank you.
And finally, if you need any further um, encouragement to join a home group, our grandchildren tell me, and I quote, we don't talk about Bruno. Well, I can assure you that the home group doesn't talk about another topic starting with letter P. Finally, I'd like to say thank you to Anna Walk for inviting us and being so persistent over all those years for us to uh, join their group. And um, I'm very, very, very glad, we're both very, very glad that we did. Thank you. Thank you so much, Brian, for, for sharing that. Um, what a wonderful testimony, right? The, 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 the church is so much more than gathering on a Sunday. See, our church life has to be our whole life because we are the church. We don't do church. And there's nothing quite like regularly sharing hospitality, praying with one another, celebrating one another, crying with one another. Wonderful things which, to be honest, are much harder if we only gather on Sundays. The writer John Ortberg says, God uses people to form people. The spirit longs to be powerfully at work in every human encounter. And ultimately, that is our prayer for home groups at St. Peter's, that we would see deep relationships that help all of us become more like Christ. And so our big dream then, that perhaps is overly ambitious, but I go in faith, is that every single person who considers themselves a member of St. Peter's would also be a member of a home group. And so if you're not part of one, then please do speak to myself um, or Libby. Uh, most of our groups meet on uh, Wednesday evenings, but not all of them. Some meet other days, some Saturday mornings. Um, there's various mixed demographics, kind of more targeted demographics. Um, there's something for everyone. And also there's plenty of room to start a new home group as well. So please do speak to me if that's something that you're interested in. We'd love to, to get you plugged in um, in, in, a, in a home group that works. Now, of course, um, we're fully aware that family circumstances and work circumstances make um, coming to a midweek meeting quite difficult. Um, completely understand that, um, to which we say, not a problem. Because wouldn't it be great if all of us had a WhatsApp group or an email group, um, a group of people who we could call on for prayer, for support, for sharing requests, a group of people to walk alongside through the storms of life and also when we ride the waves of life. A group of people with whom to be church. So if I may say so, um, please let's not let um, the fact that we can't regularly attend a meeting prevent us from joining our home group. But of course, this might not be for everyone, and in a sense, that's fine. You know, I'm not here to, to twist your arm. That's, that's not a problem. Um, but I think a question that all of us need to consider is if we are followers of Jesus, how are we practicing in our own lives those one another passages that I mentioned, 50 plus in the New Testament? How are we practicing them? How are we coming alongside fellow believers in real, deep, and personal ways? Worshipping with devotion to God, but also devotion to one another. Why don't you ask yourself now, how am I doing that? How am I devoted to those beside me?
And if you're in a home group, amazing, wonderful. But as always, whenever we preach these sorts of things, let's not get comfortable. Let's always ask, how are we and how are our home groups embodying this idea of being church? How are we truly devoted to one another? But see, whatever you take away from today, whether you can't wait for Wednesday night now, or whether you think I'm being a bit crazy, whatever your takeaway today, might we be family? Might we be church together? Might we open our homes, open our lives up to one another, get a glimpse, share life behind the curtain. Let's be a community that is devoted to one another. See, that's what God desires for us, for his church, and I firmly believe that that's how we will see his church grow, numerically, but also spiritually. So let's make sure that we don't leave our church life in the building when we leave today, but let's take our church life into our homes. Amen. Let's pray, shall we? Loving God, thank you so much for this wonderful picture of what church can be. Help us, Lord, as we are devoted to you, as we keep our our, our eyes focused on you. May we do so together as a family. May we be devoted to one another, supporting one another, upholding one another. May we follow your lead, Lord, in what it looks like to be your people here on earth. So empower us, inspire us, and energize us to be faithful in following you. Pray these things in your name. Amen.